0: Greetings, adoring throng. This is SK. First of all, I really, really want to thank you guys for listening. It's encouraging, and it feels good to get po- the positive feedback uh, that we've got from you guys. So thank you very much for that. You know, just a few more weeks, we're going to be finishing up Season 2. So um, that feedback's great, and if you want to uh, support the show, you can consider going to the Amazon button on any of the pages at skmorton.com. You just click on there. It'll take you right to Amazon. You can shop. There won't be any extra cost to you, but as you've probably heard, if this is not the first time, Amazon will kick back just a little bit to us uh, to keep the lights on here. So if you have the opportunity, try to remember that next time you go shopping at Amazon to click on the button at skmorton.com first. But now here's something. Last week we had not one, but two very talented guests. We had one word, and we had Mighty Bone Feliciano. Uh, both musicians, one a hip-hop artist and the other a Grammy Award-winning arranger. And the fact of the matter is, it was compelling. And as I'm listening to this, I don't really want to cut it up. We, we talked for over two hours. And uh, normally, uh, we do quite a bit of editing on the show. But this was just too good to, to cut up. So I thought I'd go all Peter Jackson and make this a two-parter. So the first episode, we're going to focus on one word local hip-hop artist. And on the second episode, we'll talk a little bit more with uh, Rick Mightybone Feliciano and his experiences in the industry. Uh, Good news is, all the commercials are in for both episodes, but uh, the fact is, I I found it very entertaining as I listened to it, and uh, maybe those of you with a regulation-sized cranium will too. So um, thanks again for listening, and enjoy. God, these headphones are too big.
1: The following is a production of S.K. Morton Creative.
2: Places, please, quiet down, and here we go, and
3: roll camera. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the S.K. Morton Lousy San Francisco Podcast. We know it stings, but this is the only way you're going to learn. Tonight, S.K. welcomes... Debbie Allen, Debbie Morgan, Tina Andrews, and Janet Jackson trips over a cat. And now, his baloney has a middle initial, and he signs things Esquire, S.K. Morton.
0: As usual, we can always count on him. You.
3: Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. The one-take uh, kid, that's what they call me.
0: Now, I'll tell you, I'm looking at one of our guests here. He heard that piano roll. He knew exactly who that was. Yes, Love he did.
3: It. That was Mr. Billy Joel.
0: That's right. Esquire.
4: The entertainer. Ah. Yeah. yeah.
3: You guys are going to dork out on Billy Joel the whole episode.
0: (laughs) That's a great song. What did you think of the stranger? What did he mean?
1: Well, here's what we're going to do we're going to go around
0: the horn here and we're going to introduce everybody that's here. First, we're going to greet the adoring throng and uh, welcome them to the Lousy Podcast. Hello, welcome. Another night in the bomb shelter. All
2: right. And.
0: Of course, we have our regular full-time permanent co-host and resident chanteur. Let's say hello to Peter Feliciano. Hello. Yay. Okay, now I've been excited about this for a couple weeks, as you know, Pete. Yes, I know. Because we have two guests here. Big time, big deals. I know. All right. No? You agree. Oh, well, then I'm going to need you to go find someone who's a big time, big deal. (laughs) Okay, Okay, the first one. He is a former widower from St. Petersburg, Florida. He discovered hip hop while searching for loose change in his sofa seat cushions, and he's now Pete's partner on The Amazing Race, as well as their self titled album, Please Welcome One Word.
5: Yay!
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Taking him back to St. Petersburg. Yeah, all
0: the way back. <laughs> now, our next guest, he faked his own death to get out of a same sex marriage in St. Petersburg, Florida. <laughs> He's been a professional musician for over 30 years, with one Grammy to his name and a couple more to his groin. Joining us directly from the work release program, please welcome Pete's dad, Rick, Mighty Bone, Feliciano. Hey! it's it's a night tonight. It's a scene, man. It's a scene.
3: Who says that? What are you talking about? I say that. Nobody says that. Leave me
0: alone. No one likes you. That's true. Look, your dad's nodding. (laughs) All right, well, this is cool. So what we're going to do tonight, we're going to talk with you guys. We're going to get some insights about music. Okay, hey, Rick. Yes. You having fun? Excellent. Tell me this. Where did did Mighty Bone come from?
4: I was doing an album with Phil Driscoll, who is a a, a Christian artist way back. He's a horn player. Uh, he was for Word Records in 1993, called Warriors album, and we I did the horn arrangements in that album, and it ended up getting get, uh, getting nominated for Grammy, and he the entire time saying Mighty Bone, Mighty Bone, do this, do this you know, he was just always saying
0: Mighty Bone, it just yeah. came out of him, yeah, we just.
4: Huh? And he would call me Rick or Mighty Bones. And some one time I helped him get a mouthpiece in New York City—a five thousand dollar mouthpiece. Yeah, Jeez, it was, was like—is that like School a play. slang word? No, for... it was. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> it was. He's a trumpet player. Phil He's a okay, fantastic you. trumpet player. Yeah. yeah, and singer too. But he he was a trumpet player for Blood, Sweat, and Tears, and you know, oh really, back in the day, Blood, Swing, and Tears, and Joe Cocker. And then he went out, and then when you know he became Christian or whatever, then he was doing that.
0: So can we go all the way back for you and find out how you got into music and what the what the yeah the whole story in, your life story
4: in Brooklyn, PS two fifteen in Brooklyn, um, back in the day when music departments had money, uh, they That's would lend instruments out to all the people all the kids, um, that changed my life, and I was I wanted an oboe or a trumpet or whatever and I was stuck with the trombone because oh. I was I was like the, one of the last people to. <laughs> to
3: <laughs> no one wants the trombone.
4: <laughs> it was like, you no know, one, you know, I was fourth grade, I couldn't reach the, you know, the thing. Right. Uh, a few weeks later, I can, I feel like I can actually play it, whatever, and then I got sent home with a letter from the, from the music the department head, and my parents were was, was yelling at me all weekend, what'd you do? What'd you you know? do? <laughs> and so what his meeting was, was that he said that I was a really special talent that you needed to do something with this. Wow. With and that's what his message to my parents was: just do something. He said, yeah, some." So, that's
0: wow, awesome. that is great.
4: So it's pretty cool. Yeah. So I fell in love with the trombone. By the end of that year, I was, you know, doing stuff.
0: So now, what was the stuff you were playing in school? You know, the teacher gets to gets to figure out what you're going to be, what songs. What were was a lot of John Lennon stuff. Um, it was. That's just my. I just feel like that's what it was.
4: No, but it was something close to that. Yeah. It was oh chicago stuff chicago. oh chicago and that's the chicago. other thing uh james pankow who was the trombone player for chicago he uh i for some reason i totally connected with him you know like, yeah. and, I, and i wanted to be him you know i wanted to be. Yeah. his well so you left saturday
3: in the park yeah and, and yeah okay, and i would it,
4: just listen to all the trombone parts i try to copy it you know as a kid yeah
3: so was it, did you know, like, was he a, a famous trombone player back then? Or were you yes, just, you no. listened to Chicago and you were like, who's that guy? And you researched that guy.
4: Oh, um, that way, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because the school was doing it, Chicago stuff. And then we listened to, and then all of a sudden it's was like, wow, that trombone. That's my, that's the instrument I'm playing, you know? Yeah. And it was like one thing led to another. Yeah. Cool. But the main thing I want to say is. It's a shame that the, the school, school districts are cutting out money because they're changing lives, you know, the wrong way. Yeah. Because if they, that wouldn't have happened, who knows if I'd still be playing today. Right. That's true. And that's what sucks. about. It. On the other hand,
0: um, the Bay Bridge looks really cool. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, it does.
3: Yeah, no, we actually had this. Yeah, we've had this I discussion. Started, so the lights on the Bay Bridge, just <laughs> to give everybody, I mean, the throng, of course, already owned.
4: They took it away, them. though, right, for a while?
3: No, they took it away for like a month. No, they, they took it, it away back.
0: for almost two
3: years. No, they did not. Yes, they did. They
0: did. And then they, were, they, they raised did. money to bring it back.
3: He might be and lying.
0: I'm not. <laughs> Why is everyone impugning me tonight?
3: You're a very imputable
5: guy. Wait a minute, hold on. Impugning? Huh? I know impunity is, you can do something with impunity, which is kind of like without discretion. But to impugn is to cause to be suspicious.
3: What? Creates suspicion. Yeah. Are you impugning now? Are you lying about that too?
0: Impugning and lying are two different things. <laughs> I'm he's just my it. Check it he's teacher manual it. Oh, here. Crap. here. <laughs> no, no, it's right. Trust me. I'm a genius. Um, Google this. <laughs> yeah, so we brought it that right. up, and I was right. talking about the money that was raised for that, and then Pete said, "Well, what about?" But here's where Pete went off the rails. He said, "What about like five bucks for a saxophone?" Now I played I didn't saxophone say in school. Five bucks for a saxophone? It's more than five bucks. I did not say right? five that's like five a I played Saxon. Did you? Yeah. Did you? Oh, yeah. How come we've never discussed this? We have. Oh, I don't listen to we play talks.
3: Uh, We played, uh, I played alto sax for like five years, I think.
0: Really? Because yeah. that's. I had the same thing. I played, my dad, there's a, I won't tell you the whole story about how I got my alto, but I only played alto f- for my first year, and then they gave me a tenor. The school gave me a tenor, and I had a borrowed tenor for the next two years.
3: Mm. How much was my alto sax for those long time? Don't it don't remember, definitely it wasn't rental. blended or whatever. Oh rental, probably. Yeah. A con two. I think I might have had a con too.
0: Yeah, everyone had a con well. too. I had an artist. Ooh. All right, so you're in school now. What what year of school were you in when you got that? When what year your it was? No, 19... oh, no. What what year of school? Were oh, you third fourth, grade, grade. Fourth, fourth grade. Fourth okay, grade. Okay, yeah. And you stuck with it through junior high and high school.
4: The entire. Thing. Yeah, and yeah.
0: that was. And you never looked back.
4: Um. Yeah. But eventually I moved out to Long Island from Brooklyn, and I was in the middle of seventh grade. And um, when I went out to seventh grade, there was a band. Like ten trombone players for some reason, and I was stuck in last chair of third trombone. <laughs> By the end of that year, I was first chair first trombone on the first on the on the seventh grade, and it cool. totally like I really got inspired, you know, like yeah. wow, I could win at this, you know, like stupid thoughts, you know, back then, but it was yeah, so it.
0: stupid. <laughs> you were you were twelve. What an idiot! Yeah,
4: <laughs> but you know, it was just like a weird, you know. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah.
0: So. no, that's a great feeling. Yeah, yeah. that's good because it
4: was ninth graders there, so I figured, you know,
0: yeah, hey, beat the ninth graders Cool, beat the ninth graders. Yeah, you know. yeah, it was dumb, you know. But. And did you join the marching band? <laughs> yeah, and did the and so you did all the band stuff.
4: And then eventually, I joined drum drum and corps. Went around the country uh, to the competition and stuff.
0: So that was with Dennis Dewey.
4: Yeah, he was my one of my fantastic teachers. He was one of the ones that changed my life. He was a fantastic guy.
0: And you did halftime shows and stuff?
4: Yeah, but there was also competitions, you know. And uh, it was just a great experience, you
0: know. Yeah. And so now at any point, I guess, you know, in fourth grade, you're like, I'm going to be a professional football player or whatever. But then at a cer- certain point, you're like, this is what I'm going to do, Right.
4: Yes, I wish it was like that. It was sort of. I mean, I won competition. Uh, I I got a couple of scholarships eventually, and and I went up to to Ithaca College eventually, uh, on a scholarship for music education. But somewhere along the line, I just kind of lost track for a little bit, and you know, and just kind of veered off doing everything but what I was called to do, you know. And what was her name? <laughs> <laughs> One of them was Karen Okay yeah.
2: <laughs> 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 I'm sorry I keep throwing you off On this stuff No
0: It's
4: all about me But so. But yeah Eventually uh, You know I mean Life comes in Then you get married Then you have kids and, yeah. and it's just All of a sudden You forget what you're supposed to do You know Or you get so busy That you just To survive That you just so Pete ruined your life. I guess I get, yeah. it. I right, get Exactly. It. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I hate Pete.
3: Right. <laughs> there is actually a club. I was going to say join the club. There, We have a Facebook page now. <laughs> Those who hate Pete.
0: Okay, so, at, but, it, but at a certain point, you're making a living as a, as a musician here, right? Uh,
4: I was making a living as a teacher. Oh, yeah? Uh, teaching music. I was into music. Eventually, I started getting back on track, but not performing, not writing. I was just just teaching and so but that was cool that got got me into i was in music department head of at a christian school for 12 years oh wow and uh i was in charge of that whole department and i learned a lot of things there you know how to produce because i was in charge of the whole we had a whole production mm-hmm. the kids on lighting and the sound oh, really and, and and it was a whole it wasn't like your normal band and stuff i mean there was synthesizers uh, and I learned Light a lot. Shows. I, I, <laughs> in fact, uh, I did my first production on a little Mac 512. They little remember those little computers, Mac. Mac oh yeah, yeah. The Macintosh, the,
0: s- the small square.
4: Yeah. I did a whole production. I used uh, Performer was the pro- was the first program and the entire computer was 512 megabytes <laughs> yeah, not even a gig. Yeah. Ooh. It was 512. Well, oh, no, man. I went at, I went to a seminar and they say, "Wow, we're going to go to 1 gigabyte yeah. for the computer, you know. And how is that going to change the performer? I was able to do four tracks instead oh. of just two, you wow. know."
0: <laughs> and he's making fun of my Cubase.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so but I did a whole production on that, and then at that, that time, then we didn't know how to save, you know. So, so I, I oh. lost the entire show oh. three weeks before we were gonna do it. Wait, we, wait, but you didn't know how to save? No, I didn't. But it was computers were just. You mean it I didn't mean, ask MIDI me. was MIDI was invented two years before I started doing. Oh that. my goodness! This is 1985, so 1983. Phil Driscoll, in fact, he was. He said, "Hey, man, there's this new thing. Mighty, but there's this new thing called MIDI." Mm-hmm. And he, I remember him telling about many. It's all. It's gonna be able. He talks like that. It's, it's gonna all. The, all the instruments are gonna be able to talk to each other. And so my sax player was like, like yeah, right, fuck." Because he would talk stories, kind of like you, and <laughs> snuck it in. <laughs> I think you're done now. I think it's time to (laughs) leave. So we ended up getting a Lin 9000, which is like the predecessors of the MP3, MPC. Lin Drum. And then uh, Kurzweil. Kurzweil. And then uh, that's where I learned MIDI. So that whole entire thing, as I was teaching, I was learning how to write, produce, and this, and and all that stuff. And so it was kind of like a blessing in disguise.
0: So at this point, when you were first writing, what kind of stuff were you writing?
4: Um, When I was writing, I was producing uh, Christmas shows, Easter shows at that time for that uh, church and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And and it was huge productions being back in New York. You know, Broadway was right there. So we were heavily influenced with that gotcha thing. So we were doing kind of like Broadway shows. And uh, you know, so then that whole thing eventually led to doing that thing with Phil Driscoll and with Billy Joel and all that stuff. Wow! It it just because they used to Billy used to live two, three towns away from us.
0: See, now I had asked Pete about that when he first told me he was from Long Island because we had spent some time in uh, Glen Cove, and we actually went over into Oyster Bay and got got. Oh, it was awesome up there! was beautiful. I loved
4: it. The North Shore.
0: Yeah. And so I'd ask Pete, but he said he was too young to remember. Probably, but, um, yeah. So you were not—you were in that area, over in that area. Huh?
4: I used to teach in, in that area. Yeah, I, oh, wow. I, I started teaching private lessons back in the day, and some, I had a couple of students in Glen Cove, and you know.
0: So, I, I'm. It's not that I don't love you,
2: <laughs>
0: but it's just every time the name Billy Joel comes up, I want to go. Is he great? Is he the greatest <laughs> thing in the world? Although when we were there in in Oyster Bay, there was a lot of people who had some bad things to say about him.
2: There's
4: really? a lot of weird things. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, the first time, here's what happened. Is I know Liberty DeVito, the drummer. Oh, really? I love Liberty he, DeVito. Yeah, he was, in, you know, they're... that was my connection. Was oh, Liberty. they're not friends anymore now, huh? They're they're strained, you know, because yeah. of everything. Well, I mean, I don't know how much I can say, but- uh, It's okay. Well, this no is, one here's going to hear no, this. this. I just put this away. I, I fashion
0: myself a little bit of a prince. So I just put it into the vault. There's, this. Right. I'm dead, people listen. There's been for uh,
4: forever and ever, this has been problem about uh, the fishing, the fishing industry, right, the fishermen, and right. Long Island fishermen. And so he has always had a passion about Long Island fishermen, how we got to preserve the, you know, the way of life over there and everything. And so one thing led to another, and he wanted to do a whole huge show in Montauk, Long Island, there's this big natural, kind of grassy thing overlooking the ocean, and and it could fit like twenty thousand people there. You know? And literally, that's what happened. Twenty thousand people showed up, and he had foreigner, uh, Paul Simon, foreigner, and Billy Joel was on the ticket. The uh-huh. whole, the the, the wow. three. Wow. And I worked with all three. And you were
0: on all. Well, playing with I all worked three. with all
4: three because what happened is I brought the choir. I brought I put together a choir and sang for Billy. He Billy wanted to do. Everybody
1: has a dream.
0: One of my favorites. From, yeah. oh, so he wanted
4: oh, to.
1: Can we have a big days, choir? Uh, I'm, can I'm, we have, I'm going yeah. now. <laughs> <In these laughs> quiet,
0: of quiet desperation. Yeah. Oh, as I wander Ew. through the world Ew. in which I live. Yeah. Anyway, I love that song.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I just. So.
0: What happened was
1: so good. <laughs>
4: so when we were rehearsing that, Paul Simon comes in. and says, like, can I can I bar your choir? It's like, yeah, of course. No, I'm not gonna say. I'm gonna say no. Yeah. 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 So he wanted to do "Home at Last." Home at Last. You know, nineteen sixty yeah. His hit in 1968. And then later on that week, because uh, it was a two-week show. Later on that week, uh, Foreigner comes in, and Mick. John, I forget his last name. Jones. He called me in his bus. He said, "Can I borrow your choir?" So I said, "Yeah, what do you want to do?" So Are these then, indentured servants, by the
0: way, these get over there. And I, <laughs> Mick Jones wants you now. Get over this way.
4: Yeah, well, it was a, you know, it was great. And then. Um, what, that what's that
1: uh, i want to know what love is yes he wanted to do that, can we wow. can we do that choir
4: and oh, oh that would have been fantastic great. Yeah. it was fantastic we sounded fantastic on that song on yeah and christy brinkley at that time was married to <laughs> well was wow. funny she wanted to join the choir she could not sing yeah. and the news. of course she joined the choir oh uh, she's like, like
3: uh, linda McCartney billy said yep yoko have her in
4: the choir I was like okay but anyway, the first time I met Billy, he drove up in a yellow motorcycle, dressed completely yellow, and I could smell alcohol. Like, this? I don't think that's Billy Joel. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, who's this guy? You know, like I, we did not know. It was, it was like, hey, hey, what's going on over there? You know, and he was always like this. You know, really, he was tons of energy. And uh, so, what's uh? So is everyone ready up there? It's like, and then as I ta- I were answering him, it's like me and my it was me and my sax player as we're answering him, we realized who the hell this was, and that that was our first meeting with the It was drunk little Billy Joel, <laughs>
2: <laughs> little yellow. He, he Billy. always yeah. smelled
4: that way. Yeah, <laughs> always, but fantastic nice person oh really okay fantastic he was a great great the entire time he was fantastic maybe with you guys who know with.
0: him I'm going to stop asking because <laughs> you, yeah, I don't want to know those stories you're find you know? no but he yeah, was yeah, yeah. fantastic he was great yeah. one last question and then we're going to get back to you because <laughs> you would have been there on the same time you were, you were on Long Island in the late 70s up into the 80s right yes. mid 80s yeah. Twisted Sister did you hear about them when you were there.
4: Yeah, I hadn't heard of them. They were a um, touring the
0: the bars, basically. Yeah, yeah, the bar band. The bar,
4: I, there was a bar band, really.
0: Yeah, I was telling Pete about it the other day. There was a documentary He's about them. He's obsessed with them. I am because I had no idea. Why I do you only like heard them? of them. I'm not a fan, but I had only heard of them because I'm living here in San Francisco. And, you know, We're Not Gonna Take It comes out. That was the first any of us had ever heard of them. I'm watching, I see this documentary, and apparently for 10 years before that, they were the biggest thing on Long Island. So I wanted to get a person who was actually there to say. So you had heard of them, yeah.
4: Yeah, they were, uh, they had a huge following, but it was like an undercurrent following.
0: All right, I took you off on a tangent. And I kind of apologize. I
2: don't care. But you
0: were talking about (laughs) Billy Joel, so. But we were talking about the music that you played and the stuff you started writing, and you wrote, you were writing kind of like show
5: tune kind of stuff. You all right? One word? I was curious about that. I was curious about about the Twisted Sister thing because and particularly at that time period where the music industry as a machine was like arguably probably at its peak. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of like a a bar band with a following, you know, that there were at that time I get the impression. Even to when I was starting to get into music, like it was very much about getting discovered. You wanted an A and R from a label to find you because there was this machinery there to like launch you. You know, whereas now having a local following is a big deal. Like if you can if you can make a living locally Mm -hmm. off of music, that's kind of a big deal. It's it's hard to do that and and that translation between being able to be a, a local success versus
4: another tier you kind of right. have to go even further out and try to kind uh, of you know go out to your horizons and see if you can go LA and you know right right because the internet also helps that out like yeah. I have fans in Italy <laughs> yeah yeah. it's like it, you know, or, it, or no there was this one play Bolivia because i'm doing latin music right right so in yep. bolivia and argentina apparently I'm a, I'm a you know some of the bands i played with are like we're, we're like unbelievable yep yeah. oh we, we did the thing with johnny hooker we were in algeria and we there was traffic that stopped and they were they were cold car things that police had to come in and clear the thing because there was so much so much mania about johnny hooker his name over here not much anymore, you know. But in over there, they were were crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you never know around the world. Yeah. So you kind of have to go beyond San Francisco, beyond, you know, where you're at.
0: There's nothing beyond San Francisco.
4: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Give it up.
0: (laughs) Uh, So, okay, I don't know, maybe we leave that. I just wanted to find out how you got into the stuff you got now because I was listening to some stuff from the Latin Rhythm Boys, and mm-hmm. then uh, Broken English. Yeah. And I heard the Broken English stuff. So, at what point That's in your career man. are you? Were, were you going in and out of these bands? And, and what was.
4: When I first came, when I left New York finally and came out here in, Lo- in California, I didn't know anyone. So, I started just kind of jamming uh, places, to try to get connection. And the first place I jammed with was at uh, JJ's Blues in uh, Santa in Clara, San Yeah, Santa, Santa Clara, San Jose. At that time, that place was hopping, you know, and uh, musicians would come Sunday night, Monday night, and we would just, you know, here's my card. And one of the musicians from uh, Broken English, who was a Latin band, was, uh, you know, was there, you know. And I didn't do too much Latin in New York for some reason. No. Which is weird. Because I'm Puerto Rican, I'm Latin. So this was the opportunity to go back to my roots, what I heard all my life.
0: Now, when you said you met a, the guy from Broken English, and he you a musician, in the, in the club. you did the air quotes. Did you know you did that? You said the musician from Broken English. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> were you rolling your eyes? <laughs> yeah. He didn't roll his eyes. I added that part. Oh, okay. but
3: <laughs>
4: who, 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 musician.
3: Do you,
0: I don't know. You, I don't need to explore that if you I don't want know. to go any further with that. No, I don't know. What, oh, okay. I don't know. What, it was dude. just a thing. Okay. All right. I uh, Just check it. Okay. So um, Broken English was before the Latin Rhythm Boys?
4: Yeah. They were the first band I played with in, in California. I played with them yesterday, believe it or not. Really? Right. Really? We that was the first Sa- time? In Santa Cruz. You haven't played with them in years, haven't you? Uh, we've. I've been playing. I've become their lead singer. <laughs> really?
3: <laughs> That's the weirdest thing. For the last thing.
4: year and a half, I've been singing what? lead for them. When to... when I get a chance, you know. I'm with like six different groups. Oh. My main band right now is Latin Rhythm Boys and John and then And Latin Jazz Collective. So
3: I'm kind of writing those three. The rest, I have to. Yeah, someone just. Calls him so in like or whatever Yeah It's so strange Because I remember him uh, touring We just with did a like huge show with
4: with... We just did a huge show Thursday night In Moe's Alley in, And it was uh, really, really that? good Santa Cruz Okay Santa Cruz, And we did um, a thing yesterday We did a whole party Graduation party in the mountains Santa Cruz mountains hmm. There was uh, a lot of people there too Cool Wow So, you know They're a party band. They're called like a Caribbean cruise party band.
0: I saw that on their website, yeah. There was they they refer to, you know, on this cruise these are the stops. Yeah, it's not
4: totally pure Latin, it's more like party. It's a party band really. Yeah. Santa Cruz, you know.
3: Is that what are you trying to say? (laughs) Is it because how shall I say it?
4: Latin people, yeah, they 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 want more pure salsa, pure whatever. They're not pure salsa. They're more like you know they'll do American. White
3: people want to hear some salsa. This stuff's too. made in New York City. <laughs> white
4: people in Santa Cruz, well, know, yeah, they'll like it a lot more them than yeah. Latin rhythm boys, for example.
0: Do you play guitar at all?
4: No, no. No, my sons do, but I say I play. I play. All the brass and woodwind.
0: I was going to ask you about that. When you yeah. do your arrangements as a music teacher, you'd have to learn all these instruments and which keys they're playing. in That's and- the
4: one thing I had. I got from Ithaca College was how to write for all the instruments. Yeah, and how to play. Uh, we we were told to go into you know all the instruments, and so I was able to play all the instruments. But
0: all right, so what? I'm gonna I'm gonna quiz you. What key does a cornet play in?
4: Well, they're a B flat instrument. All right, so they have to compensate. Because they won step too low.
0: All right. What about hmm. a baritone sax?
4: They're an E flat alto. I mean E flat baritone.
3: Yeah. Okay, hang on, hang on. So yeah. Which a means quiz? they're Wait, too we're... high. <laughs> a quick alone, you know the answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't well, know well, I the know, answer I Well, know, I, know <laughs> I know what
0: each of the saxophones play in. Oh what I I yeah, that's a But, but I do you know what
4: <laughs> do you know what they mean? <laughs>
3: <laughs> he doesn't
0: know anything. Yeah. All right. You know what? I'm not going to give him my gift. <laughs> I brought a gift for him. Whatever. Because he's an arranger. I wrote a song oh, recently, cool. and Pete played for us. And the whole throng was his background. You don't have to. I don't feel any obligation. But if you ever wanted to play with this and maybe come up with a new arrangement, this is the theme for Stealth Cat.
3: Well, he's a very busy, <laughs> expensive I know he arranger. He just... I know he is. But, you know. <laughs>
0: And if you want to, you know, send it to Billy Joel, that's cool too. Because uh, <laughs> I know you guys talk about the time. <laughs> what is, what, what genre, genre is this? This is, that's that's kind of what we were, uh, uh, I think the, the genre, question. wait, wait, wait. I think
3: the genre is um, uh, bad, right? That's what I
0: mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's what it is. Bad music? Yeah, I had like a show tune in my head, but then Pete
3: played it in... It's more like a bluesy type of... <laughs> you played it in a bluesy... Yeah, it's a blues
0: progression. It's a simple blues progression. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the throng, the throng but you, the voice you did okay, yeah. was very, was almost... Uh, Arlo Guthrie, it was, yeah, 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 something like that. Arlo Guthrie, yeah, that's a a name of (laughs) somebody, right? (laughs) He's pulling out weird. You did a very Mike Wallace
3: type (laughs) song.
4: (laughs) You're pulling out names from from thought of years, uh,
3: (laughs) right?
0: Okay, so, well, why don't we do this? Let's do a commercial, and then we'll come back and we'll try to wrap up your guys' story together. We'll make something up. And then we can talk about some live venues for a couple minutes. Does that sound okay? Mhm. All right. Let's do that. All right, so we got another we got that new sponsor. PA, Drew, you remember the new sponsor?
3: Yes, uh, Jason's Shark Tank. What is it? <laughs> Who does what? <laughs> it's Who's Mike the surf, thing surf School. about golfing. Oh, okay. It's yeah. Mike
0: yeah. Surf School. Rick, do you surf? No. You
4: <laughs> I serve uh, the web or the, surf okay. the hey, there you Okay. How about you?
0: One word, do you surf? I have surfed. Oh, have you? Not well. Where, so you would, you would be one who would be able to use some instruction. He would. I could one. use
5: some additional training. I well, see. you know what
0: you could use. You could use Mike Surf School. That's wow. right, Mike Surf School. Go to Mike Surf School, and you'll learn to stand up on a board, surf a wave, and what else do surfers do? Ollie? No. No, that's, uh. that's uh, hang ten. <laughs> you could
3: hang ten, maybe. You could probably hang ten. You could. That's, you could. It's pretty advanced. Yeah. Hang, oh, oh yeah, uh, okay. skydive. dive. Wear yes, masks, of course. And rob banks.
0: Fencing is another well thing you could do on a surf Wait, do you see what I just did? Well by played. the way, yeah. you don't.
3: T- Sk doesn't know. Say it one more time. So I said you could. You could uh, jump. You could sky uh, dive. Sky dive and then wear masks and rob a bank. Yeah. No, didn't get it. Point Break. Point Break. Never saw it. You never saw Point. No, break? I'm an adult. It's. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, to no, know it's not a very good movie. But I do like Swayze in it. Swayze's wow, movie. Would, he's dreamy. I mean,
0: he's just... He's two scoops of ooh-la-la. <laughs> you're making right. me uncomfortable. I know I am. So here's what you're going to do. I make everyone uncomfortable. But <laughs> you Aaron, know what... Mike me...
6: Surf School. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so here's what you want to do. If you want to learn to surf, call Mike Surf School at 650-898-5522, 650 eight nine eight five five two two Mike Surf School. Call it and you'll learn to surf.
1: Yay.
2: <laughs> mm, how do I like yeah. yeah. <laughs>
6: This one goes out to you on your special day. Uh, I know that day approaches. You need someone to coach this. That's you, your whole being. Girl, you need to get into that dress. Uh, But before that, allow me to express that you're more than just this physical being. Oh yes, we need to get holistic with your spirit to be specific uh make a commitment who is it that you want to be cross that distance to get into that dress oh yes bridal fitness coach cause your special day is about to approach and you visualize yourself walking down that aisle Think of all the miles that it took for you to find this special person. Huh? All that time that you spent rehearsing,
5: huh? Check it out, yo.
6: When you take that bridal contract and you sign it in cursive bridal fitness coach.
1: Yay. Wow. Yeah. Love
0: you. 415-317-6827. That's 415-317-6827. Bridal Fitness Coach! Make a commitment. Thank you very much. Okay. Yeah. Fabulous. All right. We're back with the real talent here. We got one word <laughs> and Rick Feliciano. Rick Mighty Bone Feliciano. Do you like that? you like the Mighty Bone?
4: Yeah, I grew on it. I was, I was hesitant at first, but right. everyone calls me now, so. Became a thing.
0: Does, it, does that even get shortened to like Mighty just or MB?
4: No, just Mighty Bone.
0: Mighty Bone. Okay. Yeah. They Mighty don't Bone.
4: say my name anymore. Just
0: <laughs> so. Hey, hey. One word in Mighty Bone.
4: We can make this happen.
0: You That's could good. make some the Latin jazz arrangements with a blues undertone, mm-hmm. and he could freestyle over them, Ooh. praising me. That's it. I think we've got something here.
4: I
3: don't think we have anything. I think you're right. <laughs>
4: Or um, we can do the superheroes,
3: right? It could be the one word. My uh, yeah. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> well, yeah, mine would be that I'm itchy. That'd be my superhero. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: we, you were talking about the guys you've played with, but there was something else he was saying. Does anyone remember what it was during our intermission?
4: Oh, music and stuff. <laughs> you were asking him about yes, s- singing in right. the shower is the...
2: <laughs> 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 what was it? Have-
3: Instruments. I've heard of this happening. I've heard of this happening where, like, you're know, oh, save it for the show, and then you get to it, and you're like, wait a second. Every time. We Every time I say I save were it were for the say, show, I
0: forget dang it. Dang it. Well, you know what? We have a couple things we could talk about, though. You guys said that you had played in some particular places. hmm Have you also played here in the city, Rick? Yeah. Oh. I
2: love
4: cigar bars. Cigar bar people. They're great.
0: When, when are you playing?
4: The second Saturday of July, I think.
0: Well, you know what? Let me write it down, because we'll talk about that at the end of the show. Cool. We'll, we'll plug that for you.
4: Yeah, and then with Latin, and then uh, sometimes I play um, rockapulco. Where's that? That's in the mission.
0: Oh, you've been there.
4: And oh, sometimes good. I play with uh, John Lee Hooker Jr. I play with uh, blues biscuits and blues
0: biscuits and blues. Now, who owned um, the place on the corner of Fillmore and Geary? Uh, what was it? The Boom Boom Room,
3: wasn't that? It? That was John Lee Hooker Jr. Was his, or was, that was John Lee no, Hooker's dad owned that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. They don't have that anymore. That's not in the family anymore. No. Does he ever go back and play there?
4: I don't know. Then it ch- changed to uh, Yoshi's. I don't know.
0: No, it's still there. The Boom Boom Room is still there. Yoshi's no. actually Yoshi's was on the south side of Geary on Fillmore and moved, mm. or they didn't move. They closed down. Now the only Yoshi's is in Oakland.
2: Really? Oh, yeah.
4: I play the one in Oakland. Oh yeah. I've never played the one in yeah, uh,
1: the
3: city.
0: Yeah, but have you ever played at the Honey Hive? No. You've heard of the Honey Hive. Yeah. Oh, you have? Yeah. You ever gone to the Honey Hive? No. I don't know other ways, other verbs I can throw out, let's say. <laughs> but now now one word, you've played the Honey Hive.
3: We've played the Honey yeah. Hive a couple times. Oh you guys time.
0: both have together? Yes.
3: Yep. Ah. And separately, respectively. Mm-hmm. That's but there's cool. a story about Honey Hive, right? That's it.
0: Yeah. yeah, well it was I just had a little thing about it because tonight ostensibly was gonna be about venues. And then you guys bum rushed me at the door, and I was forced to interview you guys instead. No, but the, I mean, you guys would be the ones to know what are good live venues around here. And I saw this story about the Honey Hive, and it seemed interesting. It's a way to keep all types of art going. They were able to, you know, uh, not a hybrid, but they were able to use both the uh, visual art together with the music, and they were able to make it keep going. And it's family friendly. Yeah. Almost like this show.
3: Yeah, all ages.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's not family-friendly, just for all ages. Well... If you're a runaway, come to the Honey Hive. There you go. Well,
3: I, it depends on the night. Sometimes some things that go on. Some of the hip-hopery... I perform there, so I wouldn't say it's family-friendly necessarily.
0: Anyway, one word. So you tell us about uh, your experience with the Honey Hive.
5: Um, I'm trying to remember how I first got connected there, but uh, Danny Berliner, the guy who
2: right. kind
5: of owns the spot and curates it, I was aware of it through an artist independent artist by the name of Soul coming through and playing there and I think he was kind of one of the first bigger touring names to come through and and for a while Danny's been booking some pretty solid underground artists there touring artists coming through and um it's harder to find that sometimes like good independent hip hop. Right. So he was keeping that keeping that alive through the Honey Hive. So Okay, so you've, yeah. you
0: have good experiences. Yeah. You would recommend it.
3: I do. Just not when Pete's there. Exactly. All right. Yeah. But now with each of you, actually we can, Pete. Two di- there's two different spectrums of, there's like the hip hop and, and, and what that means to play professionally and and hopefully get paid well. And then there's, for your experience, the Latin, the jazz, the blues, and kind of your experience with not just promoting, but also playing certain sizes of stuff and, and what that means right. and stuff. So.
0: Well, take that. away. You know that stuff. Why don't you ask those questions about where the the venues they like to play, and for what re- what reasons you guys like particular venues?
3: Well, there you go. Whatever
4: he said. Well, the c- <laughs> the cigar bar is fantastic for uh, they let you play and they let you really perform and uh, there's a nice bar and in the middle, in between these two buildings, there's this whole outdoor patio where people can smoke cigars, which sounds weird, but it's a it's a really nice clientele of you know a lot of just smokers i guess but but it's it's just a really good classy place Uh, and then but it's a hole in the wall too at the same time it's like downstairs you know and we it we always get a crowd uh, literally filled out the door uh of uh, and it's not so young it's more a little bit more sophisticated than just young young and they always treat us really well yeah
0: and where Uh, are they located
4: they're a block away from broadway Montgomery and
2: Pacific, pretty
0: much. Montgomery and Pacific. Oh, that's just right down Jackson Square. Yeah. Oh.
3: But what's nice about that place, too, is that it's like, like you were saying, it's like the the outdoor area is much more loungy, and as Mm -hmm. soon as you cross the threshold, there's a huge dance area where people are doing actual salsa dance. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? There are people who are actually dancing to latin music and it's and it's legit it's and so weird. then
4: yeah and then business people are hanging out there because you know they're, they're near the business district and they're smoking the cigar and at, sometimes they'll bring their their clients or whatever and they'll you know there's dancing and there's a lot of nice girls and music and and so it's just really nice yeah
0: all right is that the place i missed you had you had done a show ooh, a little while yeah, ago and was i was it. supposed to come down yeah, and something happened. Yeah, that. that was that one. Yeah, that was okay, that, one. that was the place there. Okay, and how about you? One word. What what kind of places in the city do you like?
5: Um, I'm a I'm a big fan of the Honey Hive just because it's kind of close to my heart, and you know I know the people that own the spot, and I have a lot of friends that play there, and and so so that's a cool thing. In terms of where I've played or just where I like to go, I'm a big fan of the Parkside. Uh, which is over the Parkside, bottom of the hill, or kind of close to each other. Oh, yeah, I know where that is. Yeah, I kind of like those like like punk venues uh-huh. a little bit. So like it if it's a little little gritty. You like that kind of stuff. Huh? Yeah.
0: How about you, Piedro? Do you have a favorite place you like to play?
3: Favorite place I like to play? Like acoustically, uh, it was... I think the Elbow Room kind of sounds good uh-huh. as far as sound goes. But uh, as far as hip-hop, I think probably... Honey Hive is nice because it's 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 all kind of tight. You're like right next to all of the crowd, and you're kind of messing with them and stuff rather than mm-hmm. being on stage.
5: The milk Bar was good. Had a good balance, I thought. I was
3: gonna ask you guys
0: about the Milk Bar, what you yeah. thought of that, because uh, on on your album release, it seemed like the, the the club itself or the bar itself wanted you guys to have a good show and yeah. seemed to be.
3: Uh, yeah, they yeah. seemed to be taking care of us pretty well. Yeah. So. And then, So now, what about outside
0: the city itself, but in the area? What are some sp- spots you like? Say, you, Rick.
3: I love playing
4: at the Turf Club in Hayward. It's a great place. Mm-hmm. It's an outdoor patio in the back of a bar, and it looks like a tiki thing. And we've been having huge crowds there. I don't know how we get yeah, away with Hayward. playing at night outdoors, Yeah. but we're playing. Well, it's good music. Latin, at a pretty Latin high rhythm. decibel. People we'll hear it. No one, yeah. We're putting at, at a pretty blues? high decibel. Yeah. <laughs> and we do a show every third Saturday.
3: And and that's... The, We're going to be at the Club, or? yeah. Okay.
4: And um, that is a really good show. Um, what I love about that place is uh, it's the music, the, the owner of that place really wants to bring live music to everything. And everyone's been gravitating there. All the musicians, all the bands have been gravitating there to that place because he's really wanted to make it known to the live musicians that they want everyone to play there. And he really takes care of the musicians really well. But the great thing is... Everyone's having such a good time that it's it's becoming a thing. It's becoming a happening. And wait, that's that's, I mean, literally, people out the door. When we start playing, people start coming from all over the place, and they start jamming and going in. So, oh, what's going on? What's going on? Because it's outdoors, you know, mm. but it's enclosed. And it's uh, it's been great. I play there with uh, K. Bowler, the blues artist, also, and I also play at the Black Oak Casino, in oh. way out. You Know in me. yeah, yeah. I play with her and also with Hooker over there, uh, but I play with her, uh, uh, uh perform there, and I'm in charge of that horn section as well. Okay, do you sleep? Mm-hmm. I don't, <laughs> 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 he,
0: he's deer's that is right now, really good as a matter question. of fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so now, what about you? One word, do you, uh, leave Outside? the city much?
5: I was thinking about that as you guys are talking about that, like, um. There's places in the Bay Area that, you know, we've played a fair bit back bar in San Jose. Uh, Buddy Audio Drew does a a weekly hip hop event down there called the Cypher. We have some mutual friends that are uh, involved in the Gilman Theater, the historic Gilman Theater out in Berkeley, which is a good spot. Mm -hmm. Um, Legionnaire in the East Bay is pretty tight, too. But uh, I was thinking I got to, you know, as Rick was talking about, kind of areas where where a venue kind of creates a culture. Uh, I, I got to tour just a little while ago and we went through New Mexico, uh, Las Cruces, New Mexico. And there is a, uh, a spot called Barricade Culture Shop, which is, you know, graffiti shop, uh, screen printing, skateboards. Uh, you know, he's got walls for graffiti art outside. And so, you know, I get the impression that Las Cruces is a, is a pretty quiet town. And he's kind of like responsible for like the sole little like oasis of hip hop culture there. So you know he throws a show, and if you're a touring artist coming through, you know all these kids come out and you know are really grateful to like have a hip hop show that's bringing something through. So uh yeah, that was that was a cool experience. That was really East Bay then.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) There's also as far as the Boom Boom Room, I will say, the Boom Boom Room having uh, the Sunday night free, and I've talked about this as well as well, but Return of the Cipher Night. Mm-hmm. Where it's a live band, it's like a live jazz hip-hop band, um, and they play live hip-hop, and, and just guys come from all over and, and just freestyle on top of the beat that the band is making, mm-hmm. um, and then there'll be a DJ coming in, and it's a free every week, and it's grown and grown and grown, and they're about to have their third year anniversary in a few weeks, and mm-hmm. um, and we've performed there tons of times you know
0: alright so we got uh, we got quite a few spots that people should be checking out yeah for sure and seeing some live music and Ooh. hopefully they're going to see one word or they're going to see Rick Mighty Bone Feliciano yep. uh, Pete too I guess if you want to see Yeah, sure What no. you know I love Pete Thank I'll tell you something Rick we'll you, see you. You, you you've got a very talented son yes uh, you yeah, know that. he's he's very good word. so oh hold on a second here we're gonna do you're gonna have to share with me tonight okay. she's Oh, hey, sweet. We got all our microphones are filled up, so you oh. have to can be there. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing well. Who are all these people? Oh, I know two of the people in the room. Hello. I see Pete, and I see one word. Hi, word. Hey, how are you? Good. How you doing? Good.
0: She she went on about you for quite a while after your guys.
2: I love you. I'm on. Oh, it. Thank you. <laughs> I know I'm You're like so chopped liver,
0: but cho- yes, yeah, he is. Not, you
3: know, I've never had chopped liver. I kind of
0: feel. Actually. Yeah, I used to be more respectful of Pete, and then now all the other people come <laughs> <at> in. <it. laughs> but uh, you know who this other gentleman is?
2: Well, you told me that Pete's daddy was coming. So
0: that must be him
4: must Hi be Pete's me. None of us are Hi. Story. How are you? How's it going?
2: Good. Nice to meet you. This is my
0: wife, Babette. Cool. Cool. Nice <laughs> <for me. laughs> I love your ponytail. <laughs> Thanks. I, he
2: has dimples. He has I a don't. ponytail and dimples. Wow. Yeah.
4: Well, I'm losing weight, so. You
2: have dimples, too.
4: No,
3: I don't.
2: You do. No, I never I do not. noticed. Where? Oh my goodness! Look Are you at sure that's not just fat? You <laughs> have a dimple. You have a dimple. All right. Well. All right. Uh, I so what you. have you guys been doing?
4: Podcasting. Yes. We've been podding. Is that what it is? Sure. Yes. Potting. That's verb. Podding. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Podding. So, do you have anything you would want to say that you say normally every week? Well,
2: I was gonna say that we should go home, but I'm curious. Uh
0: huh. Oh, you've missed some good music tonight. Really? Yeah, you really well, have. then
2: maybe y'all should perform for me before we go home.
0: Would you sure. guys be willing to do that?
4: Okay.
2: That'd sure. be awesome. All right, Do you have
0: safe. 30 to
4: $40? Yes.
0: <laughs>
2: Absolutely. We're
0: okay. not, you're not giving any. You're not oh, going to get right. any, but just, we no, have it. No, I was just it. curious yeah. about what check is a credit check. I right, understand. exactly.
3: <laughs> okay. She's black, so I had to... You Can know. I write a
2: check? <laughs> that's right. Let me write you a check. Don't
3: cash this till next week. <laughs> <laughs> Uh all right, yeah, let's sing something. Um let's see. Uh so what do you what do you feel in the mood for? Something. Pinky dumbo king king gun
0: gun king 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 gun king king king
1: king. It's toin la negra Tomasa. Que cuando se va de casa, pero que triste me pongo. Oye, venga que enamorado Lena negra Tomasa. Uh-uh. Que cuando se va de casa, pero que triste me pongo. Pero, baby, ay ay ay. ay, 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 ay. esa negra linda cámara que me echó mi longo. Oye, esa negra linda cámara que me echó mi longo. La más que me gusta la café, que ya me cuela. Lo más que me gusta la comida que me cocina, pero que me la que me gusta. All
4: right, and it goes on like <laughs>
2: Yeah. Woo, I love that. <laughs> Nicely done. Nice. Thank you. Do you know any bossa nova? What's that? <laughs> yeah. so
1: demanding.
2: I love that.
1: Da, da, ba, ba, ba bep be 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 ding da 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 Ba da 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 Ba da 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 Do 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 Here we are tonight Great music for Miss <laughs> 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 yeah. 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 Right. Wow. yeah.
2: That
1: was a bossa nova. Yeah. <laughs> I love your daddy. Brazilian. Yes. Yeah, he's
2: good.
0: Woo. And, and Bobby McFerrin was pretty good over there yeah. too, <laughs> you guys. Very well, nice. I'll tell you what. Thank you very much for coming. I know we didn't get to go over everything. That, was cool. that you, you know.
2: Maybe you should come back. <laughs>
0: Well, All on right that then, note. <laughs> I think maybe we should say goodnight. Okay.
2: I left my heart in San Francisco.
0: And there we is. It there was a good night, a very entertaining night with um, I feel Privilege of surrounded by so much. Even the throng here. We had Lizzie in the throng with us. Just surrounded by tons of talent. Feels good to experience it. And now I will go home and my soul crushed that you're I have not nothing to me. offer anyone. Right. Okay, so uh, let's first start with Rick. June 18th, you're talking about the Turf Club in Hayward. You'll be there June 18th, playing, making loud, loud music right. that everyone loves. And then again on June 15th at the Cigar Bar here right. in San Francisco. Awesome. Um, and then, uh, one word, you've got your monthly event mm-hmm. at, uh, at, at the Showdown Bar at On Six Near Market. Yep. Uh, Builders is the name of the show. You do it every month. This next one will be June 9th. You got it.
5: Who do you got with you again? We got uh, Adder coming up from L.A. and Charlie Muscle coming out from Sacramento. And a
0: little Mr. Peter Feliciano. Yes, And sir. the big one we're promoting, we want to see everyone out there at Slim's on June 11th. Doors open at 8 p.m., To see Lizzie Carr with her album release, Like It's Bad. I want to see everyone there. Lila Rose will be there. Pete's going to be performing. Pamela Parker. $13 in advance. So go online to the Slim's calendar and $16 at the door. Dress code black and white. And you should all be ashamed of yourselves.
2: Your golden sun
1: will shine for me.
2: Thank you. If you don't mind, I'd like to do it again.
1: What we have here is failure to communicate.
6: This stuff's made in New York City.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I enjoyed Richard Dawson on The Family Feud.
2: You have dimples too.
0: No, I don't. These two scoops of ooh la la.
4: That's how pathetic I am. <laughs> and that's why I hate Pete.
2: I love your daddy.
0: Every good boy does fine.